Chris O'Connor is a writer who has just finished a run of The Parting Glass with Red Ladder Theatre Company. He is the co-host of Mentality Podcast and he was a really interesting guest. I'm sure you'll enjoy the chat. On this week's episode of Light and Lease Podcast, we've got Chris O'Connor. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm alright, thank you so much for coming. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. as I was saying uh, just before we started... Um, I'm a fan of the podcast as well, so yeah, it's really cool to hear about all the good stuff in Leeds. So yeah, that's it's an honour to be on. Thank you very much. Um, so can you just tell us a little bit about how, how what are you doing in Leeds? Um, so I'm a playwright, uh, is my main sort of job, it doesn't pay all my bills, but it's starting to pay more and more, which is good. Um, so my whole life I always wanted to be a writer. Um, I was born in Leeds, uh, my mum came up here when she was 18 for uni, um, pregnant with me. Um, I don't know if you knew she was pregnant at the time, but anyway, I was born in her first year, um, so I was here till about four, um, that was back when you could get a, a grant to go to uni as well, in the kind of, you know, days we couldn't even imagine now. Mm. Um, yeah, and I moved back to London, West London, Kilburn, about uh, four years old, but my mum said even then I was like obsessed with Leeds. <laughs> Everything yellow, I used to say, was a Leeds shirt, um, <laughs> and my dad's side of the family, um, my family all Irish, but my dad's side of the family lived in West London, uh, and they were QPR fans, so they try and convert me to QPR. But they always said I was having none of it. Like I was just Leeds. So I don't know where I got it, but I was, I've always been obsessed with Leeds. I used to go up to Leeds games. I go to all Leeds games now, Leeds Rhinos, Leeds United. And I had my heart set on coming back to Leeds to study. That was all I wanted to do. Um, so I came back here, did philosophy in English. Um, and then I did a master's in writing just before the fees increase. Um, it's important to mention because I wouldn't be able to do it now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I could barely do it then, actually. I was lucky a mate of mine was living in Woodhouse. So I stayed at his rent free and I had a job at the university campus so I could make it work. Yeah. Um, but thinking about, you know, I think it's what, nine grand or something else? It's a lot, yeah. So, yeah, I feel very lucky to to got there just on the edge. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and look, I always wanted to stay in Leeds. So I started working in, uh, works in Bird Kitchens for a bit, was a receptionist, and I'd write in the evenings, enter loads of competitions, um, managed to win a few. And long story short, I met uh, Chris Lloyd, who's producer at Red Ladder. Um, and I had a play on in London about uh, male suicide and they really liked the script and that's through a competition I won and then they picked it up and ended up touring it and that's kind of my first real commission it was like yeah getting paid to write was such a cool feeling I bet that felt great yeah yeah it really was because yeah it's weird now because writing sometimes work now I I sometimes forget I used to do it because I enjoy doing it so I need to remind myself that as soon as something becomes work Mm -hmm. There's all that baggage with it, feeling yeah, like a job. Changes so. it. Yeah, yeah. So um, you might find it with podcasting sometimes. You know what I mean? Like if it, if it becomes like a massive full time job, you might be like, oh, I've got a podcast to do that. But you, <laughs> you set it up, I guess, because you yeah. love doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Why I'm here, and yeah, I still write and have written a few things since. And some stuff who's already Leeds, Leeds Playhouse. Um, I'm their Fuse writer this year, so they picked three writers. I read about that, yeah. So can you explain to people who might not know what the Fuse scheme's about? So they'll pick um, writers that they, uh, you know, see something in and they'll try and develop them. So I get dramaturgy from um, Jackie at the Playhouse, which is amazing, in Rio. Um, They'll take us down to London, see theatre shows that they think uh, will help our development, um, set us up with people from different venues, uh, give us a bit of cash as well. So it's really cool, yeah. It's just nice to have someone show faith in your writing as well, because... Um, I think artists are always well I think everyone has a bit of imposter syndrome and self-doubt you're um, right about so that yeah it's always nice when external people give you some confidence yeah excellent and so you also have your own podcast yeah um, it's I co-host the Mentality podcast um, which I first appeared as a guest on so I wrote a play about male suicide as mentioned called The Life and Soul which Red Ladder toured 
And around that time, um, Jamie Jones Buchanan from the Leeds Rhinos was doing a community show at Red Ladder. Um, and one of the other Leeds Rhinos players, Stevie Ward, um, had basically a set up mentality and written a piece in, um, I can't remember, the, I think it was in the match day programme for the Magic Weekend, which is like a big weekend in rugby league. Um, and it was him being very open about how much he struggled with depression. Um, and, you know, externally, he was, you know, youngest Super League grand finalist, I think, youngest Challenge Cup winner. Um, he was 23 at the time or 22. And, you know, everyone would think he had the world at his feet. Um, but he had a bad injury. His grand passed away. Uh, and he was had a really tough time for about a year and was very open about it. Um, so I remember reading that article. And then Chris Lloyd at Red Ladder said to me, oh, Jamie Jones, I was telling him about your play. And he said, oh, Stevie Ward would be interested. Would you like that? Um and I remember thinking my first one was because I'm a fan as well I've seen the Rhinos at Old Trafford I go to home games going away to Salford on the weekend actually seen them at Wembley it was like just really cool to think the players might come and see my play um, but also because I'd read Stevie's article and I wrote this play when I was in a bad place and reading his article was one of the things which actually helped me because it just made me think oh you know someone you just think would never suffer you know alpha male rugby player yeah um you know, you just think oh, it doesn't really. What have they got to? It sounds bad to say because that's not how it works. No. But sometimes you just jump to conclusions. Um, so when I read his article, it just you know, like problem shares a problem half. And obviously, you know other people, but it just makes you feel less alone sometimes. And yeah, it was great to. Uh, he came to see the play. I met him after, and then um, I was going on a ten-day silent meditation retreat. Right. Because um, meditation is one of the things that's really helped me. And uh, he said, I want you to come on the podcast and we can chat about that. And so I came on, we chatted about that. And then he ended up having an injury and playing a week later in the grand final, despite injuring his shoulder, um, like playing through the pain barriers. He said, I want you to come on and interview me about that. Um, And then from there, he lived up the road. So we became really good mates and good friends with Dom and his girlfriend, that who also involved in mentality. Um, And it kind of worked quite well, the dynamics. the next few guests he said oh do you want to come on and kind of co-host it so we've kind of gone from there really. oh that's brilliant yeah yeah it's really cool and so how long have you been doing that so I think I came on board about a year and a half two years ago mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's grown and grown mentality we just released the clothing range um, I've got the t-shirt on here actually so oh, yeah, brilliant. always try and rep it when I'm doing things mm. and, um, the proceeds to that 25% goes into the educa- education programme uh, we work with Stevie's done workshops with young kids in Morley and Woodkirk school um, so it's uh, the school select children they think might need a bit of extra help and then Steve we do like weeks of workshops with them and we can also pay for counsellors because um, you know how hard it is sometimes to get things in yeah. the NHS if people are really struggling we put some proceeds towards paying from our money for private counselling for kids who need it um, we have a mentality club as well so some people who give some money each month to support us um, like a whatsapp group we have retreats for them and yeah just any way we can try and help um, men struggling and that that's not to say that struggles only affect men no of course not but the suicide statistics in Leeds and some of the um, some of the things around uh, men in general sometimes means it's harder to reach them in some communities so Stevie being rugby league and having a huge working class kind of fan base is such a great route in yeah. to opening up these conversations to groups of people who might not you know otherwise do it so um yeah, and we've had some really lovely responses from people. Yeah, that's so. that's fantastic when you get to hear that you're actually making a difference oh, and you're really helping. Yeah, every day we get emails, and honestly, like every time I go into the Twitter or Facebook, someone will send us something about how much it's helped or how it stopped them doing something, you know, bad. And yeah, it's really cool. 
it's nice to to get that feedback so that is excellent yeah 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 and so you also mentioned that you have you've done a little foray into comedy yeah I because uh, people who've anyone who's seen my plays they're always really like dark I think someone did some maths and like 66% of all my characters die. So <laughs> my plays probably, although I do always put moments of lightness in there, but yeah, I've always wanted to write comedy sketches. So me and a friend, Joe, who's from Morley as well, Leeds is a teacher, um, but a really funny guy. He, uh, we just wrote comedy sketches. I've known him for like 10 years. So we always just write them for fun. Um, and then when I started getting into writing, I was like, I'd love to do something with these. So we filmed one. It's on YouTube, Life is Sketchy. Um, using a really good leads actor Paul Fox and another mate of mine Richard Galloway and then we did a night at um, Hyde Park Book Club so we put on a night at comedy sketches which is really good fun we gave some local stand-ups 10 minute slots as well and split all the money between them all so everyone get a little bit of cash and put a few sketches on at Art to the Arms which is their pub theatre and I have set up at Cardigan Arms all right, so we've got three nights great. coming up next year as well um, I haven't made a note of the dates but if I pass them on yeah we can put them on the podcast yeah um, definitely but we next one's in April I think April the 9th um, so yeah we, we've put some sketches on there and yeah hoping to film a few more we've filmed a few recently so keep an eye on the YouTube channel yeah definitely will do that's brilliant and you've also been you've just finished um, a show with the Parting Glass yeah with the Red Ladder Theatre Company yeah so that is an extension of um, I wrote that monologue The Life and Soul about suicide um, and well about male suffering and there's like strong themes of suicide in there and it was really that we toured it around Northern Ireland, around England, um, and we had some really good Q and A panels after. Because uh, I'm quite conscious of the fact I don't want to go somewhere, put a play on, and then potentially make someone feel worse if they and you just leave. Yeah, something, yeah. I think I, I don't like that idea of those kind of parachute in. Oh, here's you know your story reflected back to you, and then just leaving. Mm. So we always used to stick around. We had like a mental health nurse. And um, we'd get any local links we could and we'd have like a Q&A, stay for a drink and just have chats after and based on a lot of the conversations, it was, uh, yeah, well, I, we've had families who've um, lost people to suicide, I used to come two, three, four times to the show and really? stay and have chats and I thought it'd be really important to share some of the stories of people connected to the sufferer. So um, Red Ladder commissioned me to extend it to the part in glass. So it's, it's an extension of Life and Soul with two characters. So. It focused on Jim and now it's got his girlfriend Sarah in there as well and how she reacts to someone suffering because it's not always that much information out there for the people close can, close right. to sufferers as mm -hmm. well so try to reflect that story so we toured that around Red Ladder's Northern Social Circuit just around Leeds, Wakefield, Castleford had some really really good gig gigs in like community centres, pubs um, and some really really wonderful responses so hopefully it'll be touring again back into this year. Excellent. Um, and yeah, it's really, really, really cool. And it's always moving to get some of the messages back. So yeah, it's really, really good. And we had a mental health nurse from Leeds, Joseph Faulkner, who is a really, really good guy. He's in charge of the mental health and community side of things. Um, and, you know, it's the mental health services are under a lot of financial strain. And the work that he does and helps to, to promote in Leeds and in the third sector, there's some amazing stuff out there. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's still loads of people suffering, but it's really good to shine a light on that stuff when you can. Which, which this podcast is doing as well. Like some of the stuff I've heard in this podcast has kind of made me feel proud and inspired by Leeds. Um, and hopefully, it's it's like this across the country. But yeah, there is some great stuff out there. 
and unfortunately we need it quite a lot yeah definitely and I think it's been really useful in the last couple of years especially when you talk about um, men's mental health there have been more and more people being more vocal about it and yeah, people yeah. see on TV and stuff so it feels like it feels like the sort of conversation is out there more yeah it's definitely really helpful. and I think the stats reflect that I think the last national statistics said male suicides were slightly declining so I think it is having an impact um, unfortunately I think female suicides are staying the same so we still need there's still loads of work to do yeah um, and suicides on campus are increased in, among young people so there are, you know there are areas within the statistics that we still need to look at um, but yeah there's definitely a wider conversation almost to the point where I know some people are getting a bit tired of it all the time mm. but you know if if people are being, if people's lives are being saved, I don't mind some people being annoyed about. Oh, it's another mental health play. Mm-hmm. You know what's worse. Mm-hmm. I, I know definitely what I think's worse. So, yeah, I think it's great that it's out there, and particularly for young people growing up in that. That people might be getting tired of it all the time, but if those seeds have been sown in young people, that actually seeing a therapist is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I had enough money, I'd see a therapist even when I'm doing well. Yeah. I, I, it could be like the gym, just mm-hmm. for your mental health. Um, yeah, it just becomes sort of part of the normal routine. Yeah, and I, I did see a therapist once in a really bad place, uh, and it helped me massively. And I don't know if I could have done that stuff without that help. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't think I could have. No. Um, so, yeah, it's incredibly important to kind of normalise that and, yeah, fight the battles to make waiting lists shorter and um, mental health available for as many people as possible. Yeah, I think it's really great as well. I mean, I don't know from my own experience, but um, I work for the University of Leeds and they're a great employer and they're really aware of mental health and stuff and you can access free counselling services for staff and for students yeah which I think is absolutely fantastic I've actually accessed both services I I was a staff member I was a receptionist at the career centre oh yeah Um, and when I was a student when I first came to uni I I was struggling a little bit in my second year and I remember it all kind of came to a head I see a presentation at a seminar and I just couldn't do it I was just walking in I had a panic attack and I couldn't do it Um, and I just wrote an email to my uh, tutor and yeah they're amazing they set me up with someone I had a couple of conversations it helped quite a lot and uh, yeah and then again when I was uh, about four years later I was a staff member there um, and yeah great employer mm-hmm. I really enjoyed my time there really nice people um, I had a tough period of my personal life and I kind of had a bit of a meltdown on, on the reception desk one day and there they set up staff counselling and again really helpful so yeah big advocate of that and uh wish more workplaces were the same but mm. well, where do you work in uni by the way? I work for, for the medical school so I'm based at St James's Hospital ah, okay, so cool. we're medical students yeah yeah yeah. and you just see it more and more I mean even with students um, you know sort of. I just think it's great that it seems to be like part of the language now so I had a student who you know absolutely nothing to do with my particular course but turned up and he was just very open and honest and just said I'm having a really bad day today and I know that for my own mental health my best thing is to go away and do this he was just worried about some things that he had coming up and I can sort those out if you have to get in touch with those people but I just thought how great that somebody's so aware of themselves and absolutely with no embarrassment no sort of you know any kind of sort of stigma or shame or anything was just able to say to me that and I thought that's that is a great thing yeah yeah and like students get such a bad rap sometimes and you've got to think especially with things like technology like the cliche students always on their phone or obsessive Instagram you've got to think Student, young people don't choose the world they're born into. Yeah, it's already been created by the people who've come before them. Mm-hmm. And now, young people today are going, growing into a world with more and more social media. That's going to have an impact, but that's not their choice. Yeah. And if it makes them more anxious, and if it makes them more conscious about how they appear online or how, 
that is a kind of symptom of the kind of society we've created and it's not their fault that they've been born into that or grow into that Mm. and there are unfortunately some repercussions we're seeing um, which I'm sure you see with some of the medical students Mm. I mean uh, we had a medical student helping us out Mount Alec for a bit imaging and uh, some of the stress that medical students and I lived with one as well and it's a tough Oh, it's such it's a tough, tough gig. Yeah, yeah. It really is, yeah. They work, they, they, I think they work the longest, they do the longest set of hours than any other student. And if you think about the kind of things that they're seeing all the time as well, you know, that's... Yeah, like, that's I think it's amazing. I, I know I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... I str- like. I think my empathy can sometimes be... I don't think empathy is always a strength. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could switch that sort of stuff off sometimes and... Um, I think people have strengths in all different ways. I think on your last podcast, um, was it Emily? Yeah, Emily Carrigan. Yeah. was mentioning about working on the front lines and how mentally draining it was. Um, she said she wasn't strong enough, I think. And I remember thinking about I remember that stuck with me. I was thinking, oh, I feel the same when, I, when I'm on the front lines of things. It really drains me quite a lot. Mm. And I don't think it's because I'm not strong enough. I just think it's, that's not where my strengths lie. Mm. And there are some people who are amazing at that. Um, I'm much more introverted and doing anything kind of like social always drains me so much so um, I I just got to be aware of that and uh, yeah so massive credit to people who who are on the front lines all the time and still kind of put themselves out there and you know battling their own mental health and are able to see that that sort of stuff and and move on and yeah I think it's amazing it is amazing and I think it's a really good idea that we're just all more aware of the pressures that we have and just even if you've been given sort of ways to de-stress and ways to sort of go in and have a little bit of quiet time. Yeah, yeah. Me and I used to talk about that last night because we both sort of think of ourselves as sort of outgoing, but we're both saying we still need to, well aware of that, that you can be out and you can be like the life and soul of the party and speaking to everybody, but we still need time to sort of decompress. Yeah, yeah. Still need a little bit of time by yourself. I think sometimes you can sort of be running on empty. Yeah. But you need to be aware of your own limitations, really. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I find that so much like if I do two or three social things in a row or it, it just takes it out on me yeah so. I, and I'm, I'm terrible for um, oversubscribing myself like, saying yeah, yes to everything yeah I'll yeah, do this yeah. yeah I'll do this and then I get so fan like actually I've overdone it and I'm just going to say no to a few things I know it's such a cliche that people say but it is true but the older I get like I'm in my 30s now and uh, I just look forward to, if I have nothing on on a weekend that's what I get excited about yeah you're just like oh yes like I can just you know go to bed at half ten or just <laughs> yeah. watch a film or something get a curry and yeah not that I don't enjoy going out if my friends are listening I, yeah. I do enjoy all my time with all of you um, but yeah it is important it's just nice to recharge sometimes it is it's, it's, I think it's important to create little pockets of time where you can just be yourself and you don't have to worry about anything yeah and, and my girlfriend's definitely more of uh, like yourself probably like, likes to say yes and do a lot of things Whereas I'm much more, uh, so I think we're quite a good balance in the sense that I probably taper her going out and doing too much stuff and she forces me to come out and do a bit more. Yeah, so. yeah, it's really nice to have a balance. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> does work well. Um, well, I always ask people three questions. Yeah. The first one being, what do you think is great about Leeds? Um, yeah, I think as I mentioned, I knew these three questions are coming. You hear this on podcasts quite a lot where people ask you three questions and I'm like, I know that they've listened to an episode before or not on this one specifically because I guess this is new and emerging but sometimes you hear big podcasts and I think they know it's coming. So I did know it was coming. I was like racking my brains for ages and I, I just kept changing my mind. Um, so this was the uh, the one thing about 
I've forgotten which question we're on now. <laughs> Just something great about Leeds. Something great about Leeds, that was it, yeah, I've overthought it completely. Um, initially, I was thinking Leeds United, Leeds Rhinos, I think, right? You know, we're in a one city club, which is actually yeah. a really, a one club city, which is actually a really rare thing, and I think it should be celebrated because um, it can kind of unite the whole city together. Um, but for me, actually, being honest, I grew up in London, and being so close to out of Leeds, so like the best thing in Leeds in some ways is actually paradoxically how quick it is to get out mm. um, so you can get out to Ilkley the Chevin in like 15-20 minutes from where I am I'm in Hawksworth so mm. near Kirkstall and uh, yeah I really like that so I can just completely have a city detox um, so having that kind of small city centre with like nice suburbs in and out in the middle of nowhere quite quickly is my favourite thing about Leeds definitely yeah that's a really good one and what would you say is something that is not so great about the city I think this probably comes up a lot, but uh, the transport links just yeah. just don't seem to make sense. Like you no. go to other cities and it's just, uh, I was on the tram in Manchester and it was middle of rush hour, but there's no traffic on the tram. I thought like, this is such a good system. Mm. And ever since I've been in Leeds, I came here about 10, 11 years ago back to, to live. And there's always been talk of this, this tram system, this mythical yeah. tram system. And, I was living like Henley Meanwood sort of way, so that Otley Road at a rush hour was just just a write off. Like yeah, I always walked because I used to beat the bus, mm. and that shouldn't be the case. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the rush hour, kind of in and out of Leeds, it, and that one way system, and it just doesn't seem to be fit for purpose. The amount of people going in and out at the moment. So mm. I know it's a cliche answer, but it is it is the one I think is the worst thing. And I'm thinking that I, I should really invite somebody from Leeds City Council at some point because so many people say the same things, and it'd be nice to sort of get some get sort of the other side of things and yeah like ask I'm, what what is the long-term plans i'm sure they're aware mm. um, and you know i think a friend of mine was studying transport at leeds is like it's actually the space on the otley road to put in the trans is actually really different so there are problems that are real you know people yeah. put their own houses on that so i'm not just going to knock them but i'm sure they're aware it's an issue and it definitely it definitely is an issue i don't think anyone could deny it but yeah, yeah it'd be great to hear their side yeah it would yeah and if somebody had been a long-term resident of Leeds for a long time, could you tell them about something that you would consider to be a hidden gem? Yeah, um, for this one I was thinking Toast Love Coffee, which is a community cafe in, in Hare Hills. Okay, I didn't know um, about that. Quite similar to the Rainbow Cafe, actually. Is it the Rainbow Cafe? The Rainbow Junction Rainbow Cafe, Junction yeah. Cafe, sorry, yeah. Um, they intercept a lot of food that's going to be um, thrown out. Um, it's... Uh, it's voluntary run and led and um, they use a lot of people in the refugee communities around Hare Hills and they do a fully vegetarian vegan menu uh, and they had a podcast series called Coffee Cup Conversations which I was actually on as well and they do some really amazing work Anna there and Anita so um, it's a really good hidden gem and also uh, I know I'm sneaking in another one but Punk Vegan um, in it's right near it's right opposite High Park Picture House alright um, I'm vegan I'm, I think it's a conversation we should be having more and more um, about sustainable eating and yeah it's just if you're worried if you think you won't be able to enjoy vegan food i definitely recommend going punk vegan i do pizzas burgers they have taco tuesdays and the f every time i bring meters there they all to a person say it's amazing so i have to give them a shout out definitely brilliant well we'll have to check that out and i'll try and find a link to put in the notes about yeah it. yeah i'll send it all on but yeah 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 well thank you so much for coming along and telling us about everything cool before we go there's a few things i just want to yeah, no, reference fine. as well like i just worked in uh um, on a project called fragments with um anna tzinski and lily craig we did some work in a um in oak tree lodge care home. yeah oak tree lodge i think it was called care home in um, hare hills we set up an immersive um kind of park 
sort of environment for a week that the residents could come and use and we programmed it with events um, and yeah they do well we do some amazing work and we're hoping to roll it out more into uh, dementia care homes around Leeds um, so yeah I wanted to give them, a, give them a shout out and yeah Hops is another is round the corner for me Hawks with other people support I did some work with them but yeah Susan and Martin they do amazing work and they'd be great guests as well oh brilliant uh, so yeah I wanted to give them a shout out and yeah I think that's everything yeah Excellent. Well, we'll try and get them on the show. No worries. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure. Chris O'Connor there. Do check out Life is Sketchy on YouTube and his podcast mentality about male mental health. Music on this episode is provided by Day of the Jackal with Rock and Roll Death Ride. (laughs) 